All right, we got a new Cyclone Fanatic podcast for you guys here. It is the, unfortunately, it is the season review of the Iowa State basketball season. Um, I I wouldn't even say that I wasn't expecting this because I, I thought this would be a really difficult game, Ohio State, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, my pessimistic fears kind of came true with tempo and all that stuff. We got a lot to break down. Not only what happened tonight, actually, it's like 1.15 in the morning when we're starting this podcast in Tulsa, um, and we will then turn it into a broader conversation on the season as a whole, and we will look ahead to next year. Don't know how long this will be, but I assume it'll be fairly lengthy at least long enough for our pizza to get here. And we did order pizza. And um, full disclosure, we just um, – Jared was kind enough to go down and get me a Jack and Diet to um, help ease the pain <laughs> of tonight's podcast. I, Which is in, – in, I love my friends at the Iowa Clinic. They probably don't want me having a Jack and Diet, but I think they would understand after a night like that. Um. They've sponsored our coverage throughout the NCAA tournament, and I feel bad because that only lasted one game. So what I'm going to do for them, and this is what you get when you do business with Cyclone Fanatic, we treat our people well. Uh, Our women's basketball coverage, as far as they go, will be presented by the Iowa Clinic, the Iowa Clinic Men's Center as well. And remember, this ad, they give me this ad to read. And it really resonates with me, and I'm actually really ex- – as sad as I am that the Cyclone season is over, and I'm crushed, I promise you. Uh, I'm really excited to go see my little girl, too, coming up tomorrow. And they give me this ad to read about watching her play dress up and coaching her games and how she's the most important thing in the world to me, and it's all so true. And the Iowa Clinic makes it easy for you to be there for them. You need to establish your preferred provider today. My guy's Doc Nicholson in Ankeny. For your convenience, appointments can be scheduled online at iowaclinic.com or you can call them at 515-875-9000. Stay in the game. Be a man. Go to the doctor. A couple other sponsors I want to thank. Carl Chevrolet for giving us the badass truck to drive down here to Houston Oh, man, it's awesome. I'm actually looking forward to the drive home because I get to drive that sweet truck. And I also want to thank our friends at the Iowa Pork Producers. You've seen their ads on our content all season long. It's like one fanatic. And uh, they've been our men's basketball sponsor uh, with all that content. And they are fantastic people. Um, I've gotten to meet so many of our great pork producers in the state of Iowa uh, throughout my relationship with them. And Really passionate. I don't like to endorse too many things. The men's health care is important to me, and as is the promoting agriculture in the state of Iowa. I know how important it is. I'm an Iowa State guy, and I'm from rural Iowa, so being able to help those folks and um, tell their story is is great, and I've been thrilled to be able to do that all season long. Okay, um, hope you guys, uh, we got that out of the way. We wanted to knock out the sponsors uh, Jared Stansberry, I'll bring him into the podcast now. And Jared, um, 
Here's my deal on tonight that makes it so difficult is I just don't think Ohio State is that good. I felt like Iowa State played one of its worst games of the year and its most important game of the year and still almost won, and that leaves a really sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, I definitely get that. I mean, I think there's one place on the floor that Ohio State really had a decided advantage over Iowa State, and that was in the paint with Caleb Wesson. And even then, I think there were aspects of that that Iowa State probably could have turned into an advantage for them. They didn't do a very good job of doing that. Now I'm sure we'll get into a lot of the reasons that I think that or a lot of the factors that I think went into why Caleb Wesson was able to have the game that he was. But it it just felt like if they could get over the hump where they're down one, they're down three, and the, that three felt like ten. But if they could have got over that hump, I really felt like if it's like, okay, you can yeah, get, get the you. lead, get ahead by one, get another stop, get up by three – Boom, right there. It's like, I think you can bury him a little they, bit. They, your old deal about Coach Gilmore, they lost it in the first four of both halves. Yeah. And then I felt like if they could just get through this one, then Sunday they would have gotten a lot of that out of them. I think you could see that some guys were maybe a little bit nervous tonight. Oh, man. That when I knew we were in trouble. When I say we, I'm not referring to the Cyclones. I just everything in general i knew that we were on a roller coaster tonight when horton tucker went down on that first possession and launched the like fadeaway three from the left wing and i was like oh no and then um on the ensuing comeback wesson i mean he i don't even know if it was a foul jerry but he was super physical with mike jacobs and basically threw him out of the way which he did a lot of tonight and they didn't call it. And I go, they're going to let him play. And that, that was a bad sign for Iowa State. All right, so here's exactly what I was going to say about this situation. A player like Caleb Wesson, where you it looks like he's throwing people out of the way, a lot of the times I don't think that he really is. Mm-hmm. It's that he's so big and so strong. Oh, yeah. It looks like he is. Yeah. I mean, he's just – And that's why I said I don't even know if it was a foul. But I could tell by from that one, because it happened right in front of me, I was like, they're going to let him play tonight. And Iowa State needed a game that was going to be called tighter. Well, and I think that some crews are going to look at those things and they're going to call them. I think that they probably, by the letter of the law, technically, they probably are fouls. But some crews are almost going to give him the benefit of the doubt for being big. And just it's like, it, what, what can you do? The kid can't play if you don't let him let it go a little bit and I think that that's what this group was the thing that was frustrating to me which is generally what happens in the tournament yeah yeah in the tournament they let the players decide it yeah and I I like that I would rather it be like that than calling everything yeah I mean I I agree with that I think the thing that made it so frustrating to me was that excuse me um thing that made it so frustrating to me was that when Iowa State would try and be physical with him, it doesn't look as natural as it does for him to be physical with other people to where you see 
Cam Lard get some fouls that I thought were a little bit cheap. We're just a little ticky tack. You saw Mike Jacobson get some fouls that were like that. And then after those fouls would happen were when you would see him go on three, four possession stretches where he would get some really easy buckets where he was able to, to bury some people off of those pick and rolls and stuff because there was nothing that they could do defensively to combat that. Mm-hmm. Because at that point when, when you're like, man, if I can't do this, then what, what, like, what can I do? You, you become much more – you're thinking about it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And it's not just out there playing, trying to counteract what he is doing. You're thinking like, I can't get another foul right now. And then all of a sudden he's just kicking your butt, pushing you way up underneath the rim, and he can catch the ball and turn and put it in the basket. And that's, where it, that's what was frustrating to me was as somebody was sitting there watching it is that, man – the the officials are almost are almost uh, I don't know what the right word they're almost like taking points away from Iowa State in this situation or not taking points away but they're harming Iowa State in this situation just by the fact that they're not as big as him so they can't push back on him so when they push back on him it looks like a foul and then they call the foul and then what can you do mm-hmm. if officials are going to call things like that for Caleb West in the entire tournament Ohio State can make a very deep run. I don't think they can. I mean, and that's the problem. If they were, if they were any better, yeah, that's the thing. I just don't think they're very good. I sat there. There was that stretch Iowa early State on. Was terrible tonight, man. I know, but there was a stretch where I was like, man, if Caleb Wesson is gonna, if they're gonna allow teams, if they're gonna call it this way with people defending him. Yeah, Ohio State might win the freaking national championship because like <laughs> the, no one will be able to guard him. He's really good. Um, I thought that. Um, you know, one of the interesting things was Cameron Lard tonight. If you want to find one positive, he came in really – I mean, he – that was Cam's – I think that was Cam's best game of the season. I'd argue that was probably one of Cam's best games of his career, to be completely honest. Yeah, I think so. Like, when you look at what he was up against and, and who he was up against. Yeah. Um, the one thing that um, – couple things that I thought w- that I would criticize tonight from Coach Prome. I thought he should have gone to Wigginton earlier in both halves. Mm-hmm. It, it, I tweeted this uh, early in the second half, and I, I wasn't trying to be hard on the freshman, Taylor Horton Tucker, but I simply I, – I was like, I don't know if you can go back to him. And he didn't. To Prome's credit, he, he took him out and didn't play him again. But it was pretty clear early – that Horton Tucker was off. Like yeah. he was he was off tonight and we've seen this for quite a few games in a row for him going back to the Baylor game where he was fantastic in Kansas City. Uh and two and this was probably I'll take it off of Prome's shoulders. Cam got that second foul pretty quick in the first half. But Mike Jacobson had a really hard time tonight. That and you could see tonight it and and remember everybody how good Jacobson was a week ago. Mm-hmm. We don't want to kill him. The matchup against Wesson, though, exploited Mike Jacobson's deficiencies just when it comes to size and athleticism. Um, it's really hard to grind against a guy who you're giving up, what, 50 pounds to? At least. And I, I thought Jacobson came out of the uh, – honestly, I thought he came out of the gates. Real, he was fronting passes, but it was the way the game was being called, and I'm not even criticizing the officials here. I don't – 
I thought that they missed some calls tonight that were pretty obvious when you go back and see them. The whole like style of the game, like I, I thought that they were were fine. But when I when I saw them letting things go and letting the boys play, I was like, this is not a good night for Mike Jacobson. See, and I think that's what made it so frustrating to me about the way they called some of the stuff in the post was that they let things go so much on the perimeter. And then there were times when all of a sudden they'd call something in the post and you're like, man, I don't know what really just happened right there. And that's what, why I was confused. I was just like, I, it's, it's consistent in both areas where it's consistent in the paint, but what's consistent in the paint is not what's consistent on the perimeter. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't know. I, I think the thing that Cam was able to do is that he could really run, outrun Wesson. And that and his length, I think, gave Wesson, Wesson some issues. The only problem, the only knock that I'll give Cam is that there were some times where he overplayed himself out of rebounding. Which that's and, just Cam. And at the end of the game, that was oh. so incredibly crucial. That, that game, to an extent, there were a few possessions that reminded me of the Baylor game at Hilton. Where it's just, I, I I like these. It was death by a thousand paper cuts. Like my God, like how many shots did Ohio State take tonight? I don't know. A lot the, more than the, Iowa State. I can guarantee. Yeah, that. I I didn't. The thing about that game is after it, like I was just kind of sick about it, where I didn't even look at the box score hardly. Yeah. I mean, I I looked up Jacobson, Bab, and. Horton Tucker were a combined two for 17 yeah. from the field. There's not like, and then you compare that to like what they were doing in Kansas city. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win tournament games. No. Like you're not a high enough seed. You're not a, this isn't a two and a 15. Right. You know, that's a, that makes it really difficult to win NCAA tournament games when you have three starters doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think, What's crazy, Jared, is the offense was the problem tonight. I thought Iowa State competed well defensively. Yeah, and it just was where... Some of those rebounds were just bad bounces and stuff. How many shots did Iowa State legitimately finish at the rim? Cam Lard had a couple. Not very many. Lots of jump shots. And the only guy whose jump shot was falling was Mariel Shayok and Lindell Wigginton every once in a while. But THT shot wasn't going in. Mike you, Jacobson, a lot of shots that I think we've gotten used to seeing him make. There was multiple where I was like, where he would step into it, and I'm like, man, he's making that, and then it, he wouldn't. Would uh, you would you say that, like in your basketball mind, I don't want you to be a journalist here. I want you to be a basketball like analyst, okay? Mm-hmm. Did Iowa State no show in the NCAA tournament? No, I don't think so. I don't either. How much how much different was this from Okay, Ohio State took five more shots than Iowa State, which is not near as many as I would have expected. Uh man, a game like that, your possessions are so limited. Yeah. Um no, I don't think they no showed because if they had no showed, regardless of the way Ohio State plays, they would have given up 70 points to them. Got beat by 10. But they gave themselves an opportunity to tie the game with 10 seconds left and had every opportunity to be That's able to take control. That's so frustrating. And I think they competed really hard defensively. 
they gave, they gave themselves a chance on that end. Yeah. Shots just didn't go in. They were closing out. They were doing all that stuff. And they just turned the ball Cam over. and competed really like crazy. Inopportune times, you know, when they're making their runs and then all of a sudden they turn have three bad and, turnovers in a row. And the shots didn't fall. I mean, Bab had the look at the end. Howell Burton had the one in the corner. Like, those are shots they were hitting last week. Mm-hmm. How much different is that from the Kansas State game? Yeah. Where just instead, where just instead of Iowa State making the plays to win the game, it was Ohio State that did. No, you're right. That's a really good comparison. Where, I mean, basically the same game, except... Mariel Shayok made two shots in the corner. Shayok, I thought, was really good tonight. This was... I would. If, if you're an NBA evaluator and you're wondering what to do with Mariel Shayok, put the film of this one on. He made it. A couple of those shots were tough. Yeah. Kid's really good, man. Andy's a really... Um, Shayak's not going to be a starter in the NBA, but he could be a good locker room guy to have. I mean, that's why Niang's going to be in the league for 10 years. George is never going to make an all-star game, but he's a good guy to have on the end of your bench. That's the guy that when we're standing in the hallway waiting to go in the locker room, I just couldn't get it out of my brain how bad I felt for that kid. Shayak? Yeah. You know what? Like, I, I saw him last week. Everybody saw the video that I had of Naz. God, it got viewed 100,000 times, I think. Um, Shayok came and interrupted the video when I was trying to interview Naz. And I let the camera keep rolling. And you can see Shayok say to Naz, man, I needed this. I needed this so bad. I needed this. Talking about the championship. And I, I, I only point that out to your point, like, of how badly he wanted a run. And it, here, it, the, you know what popped for me tonight after the game? Season's over. I knew it. Whatever. That locker room tonight reminded me of Dayton. Yeah. Um, you, you weren't there. I know night. what you're talking about, though. So, Niang is balling, and everybody remembers that. Okay, mm-hmm. going back to Dayton after they lost to Aaron Kraft, ironically to Ohio State. And thing was, Niang was the only one crying. Yeah. Tonight, so Halliburton, Condit, Wigginton, Horton Tucker were all um, – Borderline inconsolable. Mm-hmm. And Halliburton, I don't think, talked to anybody the entire time we were in there. I talked to him. Did you? Yeah, I talked to him. I got some video, but honestly, I just didn't post it because I didn't. I don't know. I know we're given locker room access at these tournaments, but I also feel like um, there's part of me that I, I, I posted a picture of Tyrese just because I wanted to show the image to the fans, and I was trying to give the fans perspective. Like, I know you're mad about the game, but these are young people, et cetera. But, like, I, I almost feel like there's certain videos, just just don't post it. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, the, I agree. The Niang one was That's like, why I didn't even try to talk to him. The, yeah. And, like... He didn't play that crucial of a role in the game. The Niang one was iconic. Like, I knew... Matt Van Winkle was shooting it for us, and I was there, and I said, 
and I'm barking at him. I'm like, get this. It was iconic. There's certain things like you're just, when you witness it, you know how big of a moment it is. Yeah. And this was George Niang grasping the program. You could tell. Because you knew what he had accomplished before that. My well, he, whole deal and he is. He played such a huge role in the final yes. moments of the game. Tonight, what I saw after that game, and I don't know, and to update you all, um, Wigginton, Horton Tucker were both asked about their future. I feel like we can come back to that. Yeah, I will. But I'm just, while we're on topic, yeah. they, they didn't want to talk about it, and, and that's fine. However, um, I thought I saw like an entire group of young guys like caring so badly and it it was good for me to see that only because I knew what was going on behind the scenes three weeks ago when there were fights in practice and we saw the fight you know not a fight but the Jacobson Horton Tucker mix up at West Virginia um that was what you know what stood out to me the most after that was was Zoran Towie who I've grown to really like Zoran he's a he's a funny guy Mm -hmm. he's an actually a really entertaining young man and he was yelling at all of them about how much he loved him. He was upset because it was his last college game. He was very upset. And he yells, everybody keep y'all jersey on. Like, we're getting one more picture as a team. And that, I don't know, that kind of popped for me tonight. Like, I just, I think that so much was made of all this. I think the team did come together and unfortunately picked a really bad night to have one of its worst games of the season. But I don't think that they no-showed because uh, they competed tonight. They just didn't win. I think Zoran is a really fun story because from where he came from when he was at Old Dominion, getting kicked off the team, and, I mean, I think all of us have a pretty good idea. of That kid had a lot of problems, a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. At, at that school and he got here and played a big role on that team last year and had some really good moments I think we kind of expected a lot more out of him than what we got this year and it never really seemed like he got that much of an opportunity just because of the sheer fact of numbers I mean it was hard to it's gonna be hard to, for him to to make a huge contribution at, at this point especially with the hole that he kind of dug himself again suspended to start the season but that kid's going to leave with a master's degree. He got to be part of a championship team mm-hmm. and is an all-academic, all-Big 12 kid. You know what's funny Two about years him? after getting kicked off, of, off the team at his old school. He, uh, his first media day, I did a story on him. I don't know if you remember it. Mm-hmm. About how he, he was telling me the story about how he would sit in bed. He, he sat in his bed all day at Old Dominion and all he did was study for like 15 hours a day so that he could get into Iowa State. He took like a he took like 22 credit hours or yeah. something. I remember the first time that I talked to him. It he, was I a asked crazy him story. what he had to do to graduate and he's like, "Yeah, I'm taking 22 credit hours in the summer." And I was like, I was like, "22? That's insanity." He's like, "Yeah, man, I he's like, is this what I got to do?" I, I like, like telling the stories okay. like that. It's good to I just think it's good for but the, okay, so back to the locker room thing. Yeah, you see so much where these where people will crap on those guys, and that's being in those locker rooms is probably one of the hardest parts. Dude, it sucks because you get just being around these. I mean, they're kids. T- 
Taylor Horton Tucker's 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And you know how much that guy has put into all this stuff. Yeah. And when you're 18, you I mean, you look at a guy like Michael Jacobson and Mariel Shayok and Nick Weiler-Babb. Nick was crying a little bit, but you can tell, like, you can see that they've got more perspective on it where it's like, this isn't the end of everything. Nick knows that he's either going to go play in Europe or get a job. Like he, right. And even Jacobson, like Mike was actually more like, he, he was, was like, like stoic, stern, like leader, like yeah. I'm going to rally my troops. Like it was, it was kind of cool to see that side of him. But to those guys oh. at the college basketball level, this is all that they know. Mm-hmm. This group of guys, like that, that's the only thing that they know. Mm-hmm. And the idea of guys like Mariel and Nick not being there to them is so foreign that that cre- that can create a lot of emotion, you know. And I think that that's it's cool to see, but at the same time, it just really makes you sad. Where you're like, man, I hurt for these guys. Yeah, and like ninety five percent of fans are great. Man, the Twitter can get vile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, my least favorite part of this night every year is not the locker room deal because it's almost like kind of therapeutic to like put everything in perspective. But it's when like the fans like who all want the same thing like turn on each other. Mm-hmm. I hate that. And I don't like I. Can we move on to the prom thing now? Yeah. Can I have something that I pulled up? That I think is perfect for... Because I think we're done on this game. Yeah. I don't know how else we can analyze the game. I have something that I think is perfect for this Steve Prump thing. Okay. Have you ever heard of The Man in the Arena by Teddy Roosevelt? No. I think it was a speech that he gave like in... Yeah, it was a speech in 1910. Uh, It's pretty... Wow, look at you. Pretty famous, but... um, Pulling like history and stuff. So I'll read you the first couple. Read it to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab a beverage. All right, it's the first couple lines. Grab me one too. It is it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without air and shortcoming, but who does actually strive on or strive to do the deeds, who knows great, great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. That's good. You should write a column about this. I know where you're going with this. There's a picture of Prom tonight that where it's just him by himself on the sidelines, yeah. kind of kneeling down. Yeah. And that's a guy that's taken a lot of crap recently, and that's exactly what that made me think of, where it's just – Here's And the dude, the dude has stuck by everything that he stands by, mm-hmm. stands for. And his – unapologetically, he just keeps being him and he, because that's what he believes in. The Alabama deal – he, I mean, I think he closed the door on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I semi-reported it last night, and you were with me, and I made sure Jared read my tweet to 
because I didn't want to disrespect Jeff Goodman, who is a long... Jeff Goodman was one of the first bosses I ever had in this business. So I, I go way back with him, like over 15 years. Um, but I mean, you you know, every, I had it locked in. Like he was not, he's not going anywhere. And to, here's what I hate about this deal. Anybody who replaced Fred Hoiberg had a really immensely difficult job like, yeah. that most people can't comprehend like how hard that is. I feel like Fred now um, that he's been fired from the bulls, the Nebraska stuff. I don't want to get into the Nebraska deal, No, but it's like a ghost. And I'm, what I'm afraid of is if he's, I think he's going to take Nebraska. I think that's going to happen. And I wrote a column about that the other day. You can go read it if you want to. If not, don't worry about it. Um, like the thing I hate about every, there are critiques of Steve Prome. I criticized him earlier. I think he should have played. I think he should have been starting Wigginton earlier in the season, to be honest with you. But I don't know all the stuff behind the scenes, et cetera. I give Prome the benefit of doubt in the sense that it's his program, et cetera. They're in the tournament, whatever. But, like, I hate how, because you're talking about the people who beat him up pretty good. Beat him up for the Cyclones being unorganized on offense or beat him up for you you don't like his substitution methods or you hate how he calls timeouts, like substantive things. Don't constantly just say, well, he's not Fred. Because I can tell you, I have one guy tweeted me tonight. This is just one example. And this made me stop reading my mentions for the rest of the night, by the way. He goes, we never went on these long droughts when Fred was our coach. Oh, yeah, you were down 21 to Oklahoma at home. <laughs> and that's what came to my mind because they were such a – there was the great comeback on, mm-hmm. on, on Monday night. We all remember that. Yeah. This stuff did happen. It's a little bit like Jordan's career. Like I was just—I was just gonna say when we talk about Jordan and LeBron, Fred Hoiberg has reached the point now where, after five years, I swear to God, it's like people think he's freaking John Wooden sometimes. Yeah, and and I, and I get that there's a lot of history there where it's him as a player, him being from Ames, all that different kind of stuff. I, some Iowa State fans still feel spurned. Yeah, like he, um. I don't know. It's like the people who there's don't like so Harrison many. Barnes because he went to North Carolina. Yeah, and they're still root against the kid from Ames. Yeah. They want him to have a terrible NBA career because of that, because of a decision he made when he was 17. <laughs> and you know what? Harrison will laugh all the way to the bank, too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right there. Um, that's all I ask. Um, Prom is not above criticism. No. Nobody he makes is. $2 million a year or whatever it is. He's a head coach at one of the highest levels of basketball. Criticize him all you want. But it doesn't have to always be that way. And this, the, the timing of the Fred Nebraska thing could not be worse. It's, it's absolutely horrible. Can we have a conversation that I just... I... Absolutely. That's what we're doing. <sighs> I don't want to talk about Fred, though. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about yeah. Fred. I don't want to do the Fred Nebraska thing anymore. No. Because I, th- I think we did that when it needed to be done. And No, it's, it has nothing to do with that. What is Iowa State basketball? 
What is the expectation? I are you asking me this? Yeah. I think that it I think we I think that we need to have a conversation here about what the, what it should be. Well, I think this is how I view it now. I've been around 15 years. I feel like I have a decent amount of perspective on what Iowa State modern day is. And I believe the expectation nowadays should be to go to the tournament every year. I, I, I do. I think you're to that point. And having said that, I fully realize years like last year will happen. That happened. Like, remember when Kentucky was playing in the NIT? Like, every now and then, you're going to have to have a rebuilding year. Shout I, out to Robert Morris. Yeah, there he, Bob Morris. Um, but when I size Iowa State up against the Big 12, I, I believe the program is in a position now with facilities, more importantly, with the best fan base in college basketball, and I firmly believe that Iowa State has that, that they are in a position now where the expectation should be to go to the tournament every year. I say that because with that, you hope that every one out of every three years or four years, there's a peak year. Go to the Sweet 16, can go to the Elite Eight. You give yourself a chance to win the national title. Yes, um, I think every Iowa State fan, because of where ticket prices are, how hard it is to get into Hilton, all that stuff, your expectation should be to go to the NCAA tournament every year. And once you get into the tournament, weird stuff can happen. Okay. Tonight wasn't weird stuff. Iowa State played terrible tonight. I'm not wiping that away. Um, UAB was an upset, right? Like mm-hmm. the, I told Ross tonight on our, on our show, like I – that if Ohio State beat Iowa State, I didn't consider it that big of an upset. I mean, they're a Big Ten team. They've got really good players. Chris Holtman's a great coach. I love him. Um, I'm sure they probably have at least one McDonald's All-American on their roster. But I don't think that they're better than Iowa State, and that's the most frustrating thing about tonight. But do you agree with my expectation to go to the tournament every year? Yes. So this is is where I think that – this is what brings this conversation to, to into my mind, where I think that now, not everyone, not everyone is like this. There are people out there who have, for some reason, all of a sudden, risen the expectation past that, past the going to the NCAA tournament every year. And I don't understand why. It's... There's Iowa State is not Kentucky. Like, that's just a fact. And I don't mean that to say that Iowa State can't be. I'm just trying to be real. Well, I'll be – let me cut you. They're, they're never going to be Kentucky. Like, Kentucky is one of the most – Or – and it's – yeah. You, and you won't be Kansas. You have to be the best version of Iowa State that you can be. Exactly. Like, Bill Finley, who I absolutely adore. You all know that. He always says, like, I'm never going to – apologize for what we not we're gonna how does he say it uh, we're, we won't apologize for what we're not we appreciate what we are he says something like that and it's always he, has, really he says a lot of wise things so Finley, they all kind of run run together Finley is the he's a genius but anyways I get I, what you're trying to say though. yeah your, your point is well taken in 20 in what is this coach's 23rd here's, year yeah here's what I don't want to do though Jared I don't want to spend too much time here analyzing what the like vocal minority thinks in the fan base that's fair you know what i mean and that's the dudes who are 
really boisterous. And we appreciate them too. It takes all kinds. I think I, I, I think your point is well taken. Here's the problem with this year. Well, and, and I think the thing that brought this up is that I had somebody ask me why why can't we want expectations to be raised because that's what Matt Campbell has done with the football program. And I'm like, okay. Well, let's think about where the football program was when the expectation where the expectation was raised well, from. I mean. Iowa State football is traditionally one of the worst programs in the sport. And that's what I'm saying. To raise it from that, where it's like, man, if we can go to a bowl game every other year, that's pretty good. But Iowa State basketball is not that. Iowa State basketball is not the top of the top. It probably isn't even second tier. But it's still a high-level basketball program in terms of the history of basketball of college basketball. So that's where I'm just like, I, 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 sometimes I think people need to refresh on that. The, the Hoiberg, there are still rest- limitations to Iowa State basketball that are just inherent, I mean, based on geography, like that is, is just going to happen. Absolutely. And my expectations for Iowa State football, let's say that Campbell uh, in a perfect world is, is here for 10 years, okay? I would hope that at the end of 10 years – your expectation should be to get to six and six every year. And with that, don't, don't be pissed at me for saying that, everybody. Hear me out. If you get to the point where you're always at six and six, like no matter what, that's worst case scenario, there are going to be peak years where you go 10 and two, where you can get to a lot like Iowa. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, Iowa has inherent advantages that Iowa State does not have, but you don't there's not many years where Kirk Ferentz lays an egg and goes four and eight. They're going to have more years where they peak and go 10 and two. Well, yeah, when you can go 10 years and you, your goal is in not your goal, the expectation is six and six, go to a bowl game every year. That's when after that period of time, then you're like, okay, now we can start to raise the expectation level. Now the expectation is to win a comp is to compete, to win the conference championship. And by the way, none of this conversation would be possible without Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. It all ties together. And that's in in Iowa State basketball, it's close to the end of that 10-year cycle, but it's still like in those 10 years Iowa State's been to a So Fred Hoiberg took over in 2010, right? Yeah. So in that 9 years Iowa State's been to 7 NCAA tournaments, two Sweet 16s, four. won four Big 12 tournament championships. It's a pretty damn good 9 years. It's the best streak in Iowa State basketball history that we're currently in the middle of. So why can't it just be natural to where eventually the expectation raises? It can. It's a great point. How long did it take Gonzaga to get to where the the expectation is we're going to win we're going to win a national championship, yeah. go to the final four? That program was really good for a long time before all of a sudden the expectation was raised to the point where if you lost in the second round or in the Sweet 16, that's a disappointing season. That's a great point. I think that my biggest defense of Prom, and I'm a, I like Prom a lot. Everybody knows that. However, I will criticize him. I think that his timeouts are weird. Yeah. I don't necessarily care for how he subs. I think he does some quirky things as a coach. I think that he should probably button down on the offensive stuff next year, you know, get a little tighter, whatever. Like, I I think that their pace is way too slow. When you look at Ken Palm, they need to be playing faster. 
there. I just criticized him for like five things. I don't. However. Yeah. I'm not a basketball. I'm not. You know way more about the sport. I'm not Jay Billis. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the things that is my strength is I can just. I feel like I know Iowa State pretty well. The people, the fans, how, what it takes to recruit here. And that's where Prome thrives. Yeah. You, you, the, the only people who truly have had success in my time of covering Iowa State are the ones that truly believe in it and want to be here. To me, Prome feels like a version of Bill Finley who like Bill could have gone other places. And if Steve Prom wanted to move on, he could right now. Mm-hmm. He could, he does not want to. And you know and, what? If he did, there would, people be a lot more disappointed, I think, than what anybody realizes they, well, are, they would mean, be. It's a, you don't know how much you love them until they're gone type of thing. Yeah. In a, again, like in, in a, even if Prome did leave, I'm sure Iowa State basketball could be okay. It would be fine. It would be fine. Yeah, but it takes a certain type of guy or gal to work here. We've seen ones that did not. Wayne Morgan was never going to work. I mean, I was around that guy all the time. It was not going to work. Gene Chizik wasn't going to work. Gene Chizik was never going to work. It because at Iowa State, and it's the same way with the damn basketball team. There's a reason why fans gravitate to Tyrese Halliburton and George Condit, but they haven't really taken to Dalen Horton Tucker. It's not because of how many points they're scoring. It's not because of how many rebounds they get. It's because of what Halliburton and Condit give back to them. And that's where Prome gets it in the sense. And I, and I know what the, I realize at the end of the day, you can be the nicest guy and smile all the time, but if you're not winning, fans aren't going to care. I get it. You have to be the total package and you have to be able to do both. But Prome is a guy who has been here. Is this, was this his fifth year? Fourth year. Fourth year, three NCAA tournaments, two big 12 tournament championships. People can think whatever they want about yeah. those first two years, but yeah. think whatever you want. But the guy is like, oh, on, I think our pizza's here. On paper, the guy has done what he's done. All right, we'll take a really quick timeout. We'll hear from our sponsors. Jared and I are going to go get our pizza, and then we'll continue this conversation. Hello, hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because you know everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers, and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time, and I went to Ames Eye Care, and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Hey guys, it's Jared here with another message from Mechdyne. Are you looking to jumpstart your IT career? Or maybe you're a student looking to earn some extra cash? Well, listen up. 
Mechdyne is currently looking to hire both full-time and part-time IT help desk agents to respond to and help troubleshoot client IT technical issues. You can get your foot in the door at an awesome company with a super fun culture that I've seen firsthand with my own eyes. So go visit the career page at mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Check them out today. All right, welcome back. If you care about real time, it's now 2-12. We just had a much-needed pizza. It's pretty good. What, JC's? No, that's free advertising. Well, they don't. It doesn't matter. Like our people don't care. They're not going to go to this place in Tulsa at two o'clock in the morning. That's right. I hate the, They're I, only open from eleven p.m. until four twenty. I knew what this nine o'clock tip was going to bring, and I knew that it was going to be podcasting at three a.m. Here I we just, are. I thought it would be a lot more jovial today. Okay, so we we talked about Prom. Why I think that he's a perfect fit for Iowa State. Um. Of course, he still has to win. I, I understand all that, people. But I think there's more to the Iowa State jobs than just coaching. It's a it's a different type of place. But that's what makes it special, and that's what makes people want to what recruits want to go there, and all that. Let me ask you this: Was the 2018-19 season a successful season? This is one I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around. What standards are we going by? Well, I mean, like what – it's basically what your personal – I think it's different for everybody. Like what were your personal expectations and where the team finished? Like I, I think that every – I don't think there's like a yes or no. I don't think this is like a black and white deal. I think – I would say, uh, can you want me to go? No, no I, I think I got it. I do believe that, yes, it was a success. Here's why. The it, Today, I'm disappointed. Tonight, I'm disappointed. But I think that five years from now, we'll look back at this and we'll remember it as the season where everything was proven that – you'd cross the bridge from one era to another where after how low everything got last season and you saw some people, I think, develop some bad habits. And then you had a group of guys, the Mariel Shayoks, the Nick Weiler Babs that helped you weather that storm and get back into the NCAA tournament and now kind of reestablish the standard to where you've got some people who learned under them and can carry that forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And and you – now let me go the other way because this is where I'm also at. This is a little bit of 2005 football for me where I always look back at that McCarney team and I'm like, that was a team that probably – should have gotten them over. A, this is a little bit 2012 Paul Rhodes, the year where they lost to Kansas State by single digits. The game that I swear Steel Jance threw against Texas Tech. Like they should have been eight and four. This is why Steel Jance won't talk to us. <laughs> it's all my fault. I, there's a, Jared, there's a play where he rolls out and just drops the ball. Like nobody even touches him. He drops it on the ground. 
Isn't that one of, that the same year that didn't Jeff fumble in a game right at the end? Yeah. Probably. Jeff fumbled a lot. I love him. I think it was a West Virginia game. Yeah, it was. That was a lot. That was the um Geno Smith Wally Burnham fight game. Okay, yeah. Um my point is like the, here's my fear. And I don't know if this is the case or not. And time will tell. Next year is going to be the telling tale. Really. We will judge this game and like this year off of what happens next year. I promise you. Just like you did with Dayton. Yes. Um, my fear is that I looked at this team and there's all this talent. And I, I we all have a larger appetite for than what this team delivered. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant where the, it's like my expectations from the beginning of the season or my expectations from January well, 5th after they kicked the crap out of Kansas. Stuff changes. Yeah. The pizza we just ate left us very fulfilled. Like we're not hungry anymore. No. I don't think Iowa State fans are fulfilled with this season. When's the last time that they felt fulfilled by a season? It's a fair question. That's a fair question. Because it's like every time that I, it's almost you're almost going to do it. Something happens. George breaks his foot. You well, know, that's the life of an Iowa State. You, Chris Babb r- rolls his ankle. It, it it's, it's like that. That's just – you got to go through some stuff like that. Do you remember um, – Because then when you are fulfilled, it's going to feel glorious. Do you remember when we had our basketball party to kick off the year and – I wasn't there. Oh, yeah, you were in Kansas State. I was in Lawrence. Lawrence, yeah. Um, Mark Charter actually stood up and asked Prom the question. He goes, what would make this season a successful one? And Prom's answer before they had played a game was to get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. That but, was what we expected. Yeah. Well, they were picked sixth in the Big 12. I, was say, I guarantee if we went back and looked at our expectations, if we listened to a podcast like from before the season, that would have been our expectation. But I also think it's fair. Like That was before we'd even seen a game. Yeah. The Here's the thing that I think – impacted the season more than anything was Wigginton's injury. Mm -hmm. I think if he doesn't get hurt in that first game, you're looking at a three seed instead of a six seed. I think you're looking at the big 12 regular season champions. I I do too. Cause I think a lot of these kinks would have been worked out a lot earlier. Again, this is where I think people are not fulfilled. What about if Cam hadn't been suspended? When I think back when I think back to 2005 football, all I think of are the what ifs. What if Jason Scales didn't fumble? What if Greg Coleman, you know, like there's all these things. What if Nick Leaders picks up the fumble at Nebraska? What if DeAndre Jackson picks it up? Like no, Nick Leaders gets the interception in double overtime if, if DeAndre Jackson just picks it up and runs. There's all these what ifs. I feel like 2018 19 basketball is going to be remembered as that, unless next year they can really rally. Which I think that they can. I wrote this in the Hoiberg column earlier this week. I think that if if Horton Tucker and Wigginton both come back, I think you're looking at a top 15 team preseason next year, potentially. If they can go least. out and get a grad transfer, for what it's worth, it sounds like the Prentice Nixon I, – I try not to write about him too much during the year. It sounds like he's going to fit in really well with this group, especially with the way that Prom wants to play. I mean, this is. I mean, we talk a lot about toughness with this team. So you know, he's got to be tough to have played for Larry. He he not only played for Larry, he embraced playing for Larry. Yeah. 
I think he'll fit in well. He's not going to bring you the offense that Shayok did, but you hope that between Wiggs, Halliburton, and Horton Tucker, you can kind of make up for that. The, the team next year could be that good. I mean, you could look at it. I'm still not convinced Bill Self is going to be at Kansas next year. Iowa State could be a top three pick in the league. Yeah. But. You know, Kansas State is bound to drop off. Yeah, they're they're in trouble. It's a good thing they've got a high-level head coach. Yeah. Go Anteaters. Wasn't his fault. Too soon. <laughs> it's, it's poor officiating. Um, but, yeah, I think that. But I would buckle up for the offseason, too. I think for a fan listening, it's going to be an up-and-down offseason. Like, you're going to – I would about promise you Horton Tucker and Wigginton will declare for the draft. Test the waters, yeah. It's test the water season. Yeah. They, clearly, that doesn't mean that they will go. No. I would think let's, – let's move on to that part of the conversation. I cannot, in my mind, imagine how – Talon gets drafted this year um, based off of just his inconsistency. If he is evaluated, and I, I, I want to make it clear, I always want these guys to go. Like when Hakeem Butler and David, that's great. Like you go to college to get a job. These guys, there's jobs are football and basketball. Like if you can go get paid millions, do it. Do it. Um. But you also want them to make smart decisions that are best for them long-term. And Fran Frischilla is the one who pointed it out. It was when the clones were at, you were there. But it was their game at Kansas this year. And whoever was doing play-by-play brought up like, oh, yeah, Horton Tucker's showing up in mock drafts. It would have been Bob was choosing. Yeah. And Fran goes, I don't even want to hear about it. He's not an NBA player. He, They need to come back and learn from Steve Prohm and all the – and I, I do believe that. Um, and I'm hoping that Lindell, my, I, I think Horton Tucker needs another year. My hope is that with Lindell, I'm kind of seeing this with him. But I think he's grown up a lot in the last two months. I think I know some folks who maybe have been through this experience, maybe playing for this head coach. Yeah. That might be good to get on the horn and talk to these guys. Specifically one of them that maybe lives in Denver. Yeah, the guy number 11. Yeah, whose name will be in the rafters at some point. Sounds like a good text to, for Coach Prome to send and say, hey, maybe uh, maybe talk to these guys a little bit. Whatever. Um, I'm just saying for fan-wise, I think that just prepare yourselves because that will that's going to be a deal. The th- even if, like, let's say you lose one of them, you really got to like the core mm-hmm. that Hal Burton brings you um, that I think George Condit, I don't know if you guys listening read my profile on him from yesterday or it was like two days ago now. But that's a guy who the staff believes can take as large of a jump as anybody from this year to next. Could we talk about Cameron? Yeah, I mean, and that's a elephant in the room too. Like I – if Cam Lard continues to grow and there's a human aspect of this, I think that everybody should be really rooting for him. I mean, what a big piece that is for next year. 
how do we know? I want to believe Cam is doing the right stuff. What does it take to get Cam doing the right stuff every day? I don't know. I, I don't envy Steve Prohm for having that the job of figuring out how to do that. No. Because when that kid's doing the right stuff, we saw it tonight. God, he was good tonight. Dude's freaking good, man. He was awesome tonight. By the time he's done here, if he's doing the right stuff every night, he'll be first team all Big 12 player. He'll be a NBA guy. That would be my pitch to Wigginton if you wanted to get him to stay. And again, if Lindell, I don't think anybody's going to tell Lindell you're a top, you're a first round pick. But if they did, like I would tell him to go. But like Lindell, like with Mario out the way, and if if Lindell's doing like what he's told, Lindell could be an All American next year. Yeah, he could. He could be Big Twelve Player of the Year. Yeah, which, frankly, we kind of said the same thing last year. But he didn't come around, and he had the he had the injury in his defense. Yeah. Yeah. The reason Steve wasn't starting him too, like I, I just I want fans to understand. Where Steve was coming from, you personally, like I watched the games, like I said earlier in this podcast, like I wanted Steve to start him. There was a point where I'm like, where, where things were really clicking in January and I'm like, oh, this, this looks really good. But then it's like, okay, let's mix things up a little bit. Right. Let's, let's see. But like Steve's whole deal, like that quote that you read, like he's got this like core belief and maybe he's too stubborn sometimes. I don't know. But, like, there's something going on in the background that we were, were not all privy to. That's why Lindell didn't start for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not because of the basketball stuff. In my opinion. That's my opinion. And But I feel like had the Lindell we've seen for the last three weeks been around, he probably would have been starting in January. Yeah. That's, that's my read on the situation. Yeah. That kind of goes back to the thing that I said about Last season, I think if Lindell had come in with this group of guys, things might be a little different. Yeah. The trajectory might have been a little different. The whole being the best player on a bad team thing. Well, second best player. Behind Jeff Beverly. Correct. Why do you always got to make fun of Jeff Beverly? Jeff Beverly is the greatest power forward in the history of Iowa State basketball. I don't know what you're talking about. Mid-range jumper. The problem is, Jared, there's going to be like three people listen to this who are going to take you seriously. And they're going to be like very angry about that. Man, I kept thinking about tonight that Caleb Wesson's like Baby Shack. Aaron Agnew? No, no, that's just what I kept thinking. Every time I looked at him, I was like, this dude's like a little shack. You know who Aaron Agnew is? Oh, yeah. I know. I knew who Aaron Agnew was, but I was like, I feel like Caleb Wesson deserves that name more than Aaron Agnew did. No. Dude. Aaron Agnew, that's old school. But, man, we, me and Carper used to have lunch with him all the time at the UDCC. How big was he? He was massive. Like Caleb Weston size? He's fat. No, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that sounded really mean. I don't know. All I could think about tonight is that I want Caleb Weston to play left tackle for the Vikings. I just remember Baby Shaq. They used to do a deal – it was kind of like psych or uh, Hilton Madness, but it would always be like right after a football game. 
and Baby Shaq's like debut <laughs> on the floor at Hilton Coliseum, and we're all like waiting to see him. We're fired up. What kind of recruit was he? High level recruit? He was like a three, four star. Okay. Like, yeah, it was fine. He airballed a free throw. <laughs> it was the first thing that we ever saw of him. And I remember whoever I was sitting, I'm like, well, this is not a good start. <laughs> like, we were so excited to see Baby Shaq hit the floor. Because we're like, oh, my God, we've heard so much about this kid. He's dynamic. He's he's Because he had told me and Carper that he was going to go pro. He's like, yeah, I'm just here for a year. <laughs> and he, Seriously, he meant it. <laughs> And we're like, this is great. We got this, like, McDonald's All-American. Because we didn't know. Like, recruiting, like, sites weren't very prevalent and everything back then. We didn't know. Sorry to, if Paul Clark's listening, but I wasn't going to pay. I was in college. I couldn't afford it. Nobody else was doing that. At least not to hear about Aaron Agnew. Well, and, and like, nobody He was, like, else, a mythical figure. Like, the register didn't cover recruiting back then. Unless it was signing day, probably. And Baby Shack goes out and... Air balls of free throw, and we're all like, "What in the? <laughs> Who in the hell is this guy?" Yeah. Anyways, why couldn't Caleb Wesson have airballed a few free throws tonight? What were we talking about again? We're on the next. Oh, year. Cam Lard. Yeah, we we're talking about Cam. I hope that Cam is back. I can't say I'm confident he'll be back. I hope Cam is back. I hope so too. And I think you can see that he's he's a lot different than he, he was. Man, he he's like my dog Dirks. Like Dirks always wants to do the right thing. Yeah, but sometimes he's gonna run out in the mud and tr- tr- track it into the house. Sometimes he's gonna pick up a shoe and carry it around yeah. everywhere. Like, and it, but it's not because he's trying to be bad. That's how I view. Like Cam, like is a player when he commits one of those dumb fouls, it's because he's working his ass off out there. And I appreciate that about Cam. And I think Cam has come a really long way. And he's a guy Iowa State fans should be pulling for. Mm-hmm. I am. They're, on a personal level, I am I am pulling for Cam Lard. I want him to leave Iowa State with a college degree. Yes. It'd be a really cool thing. Yeah. If he could do that. College degree – and and a shot to play professional basketball yeah and an opportunity to go play pro basketball and a career that makes you forget about some of the stuff that he did before he's not a bad guy no that's the thing like well the problems he had are not he's not beating anybody up correct like you he, know but he actually still, is a very lovable person if you get to know him a little bit right and it's like the things that make you forget the volatility of what he was as a freshman or as a sophomore. Yep. If I think you, if I had to ask you besides THT, besides Lindell, besides, excuse me, Cam, is there anybody that you would not bank on being back? I mean, I think you have to look at the end of the bench. It's This is 2019 college basketball. Is Terrence Lewis happy with his time? Man, that I was, I was, so, I was so high on Terrence Lewis. Yeah, you were. Man, we should go back and pull up some of your quotes from my Kappa City League. I don't know what happened there. He's such a good high school player. 
Regardless. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he really likes Just being a cyclone. My, I, yeah, yeah. And like Mike Warren. I would prefer have guys be like that. Like, yeah, like Mike be, Warren. And then you can watch them develop, and hopefully they, they – I'd rather have guys always stay for four years than, than move on. But I also understand if they want to move on, like they have the right to do that. I think that's the only one that I look at that I'm like – Yeah, because I think Zion's pretty happy, and he's going to play. Yeah. He's going to see time eventually. Yeah, it was just I – mean, it was just a – battle of numbers this I, year for him. I'm optimistic and maybe I shouldn't be, but I I'm optimistic. I think that the off season I think that Wigginton and Horton Tucker get the feedback that to come back. I don't know. I'm a lot more confident that Cam Lard will be on the team next year now than I was after that West Virginia game where he was caught on the bench yeah. giggling. Okay, so here I'll pose this question to you. Okay. Say there is so right now there's no open scholarships. There will be. Somebody's say, so somebody's say, gone. Say Terrence Lewis leaves. What's the ideal situation? Grad transfer of some sort. At what position? <sighs> you got Cam, you got Condit, you got I mean Mike. You, do you want a slasher? It'd be pretty good. Guy Shayok Mold. Hal Burton's gonna run the point next year. Yeah. Wigginton can. I don't think he's that good of a point guard though. No, I I don't I think Lindell's a bad point guard. Honestly. I think I think Prentice Nixon comes right in and starts. THT, he'll be I mean I am saying you're you're assuming Prentice Nixon will be in Shayok's or no, he'll be in Weiler Babs. Roll. Kind of. Your starting lineup next year is Halliburton, Wigginton, Nixon, THT, and Jacobson. You realize how small that lineup is? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, let's think about that for a but second. Yeah, it can't work. Maybe Lindell's, Lindell's what, six? Prome just six loves two? starting seniors. Lindell's what, 6'2"? He can't bring Lindell off the bench. No. Tyrese is 6'6", 6'5", 6'6". THT's like 6'4", 6'5", I think. Who's coming off the bench? Prentice though? Nixon is like... He's like 6'1". Yeah, like that might even be pushing it. Maybe and he's then, coming off the bench. Yeah, that would I just be my know, best guess. I just know Prome, he loves these seniors and he loves to start them. Uh, yeah. He stubbornly like keeps them in the lineup. Remember how long Jeff Beverly started? Well, it's because... Shut up. We're not going there again. Daryl Bowie maybe is a better yeah Daryl person. Merle Holden, remember that? <laughs> is, what is what what job did he get? Shout out to Merle. Yeah, he, got he got a, a good job. job. With, like the city of Ames. City of Ames, like their uh, development coordinator. Or but something. you know what I mean? Like Prom loves these guys who these seniors. Yeah, I know he loves Nixon, man. He, okay, Prom's okay. told me how much he loves Nixon. He loves how much him. will he love the grad transfer that they're going to go and get? Mike. You want a, you want brutal honesty here? At, what time is it? Two thirty-five. On the grad transfer they get probably won't be very good. Fair. So I don't think it. What if matter. it's what if it's Shakir Justin? Is he a grad transfer or is he a transfer? He would. He has to be, doesn't he? I mean, that was two years ago. Going to UNLV to play basketball, it's like a tree falling in the forest of Montana. 
if a tree falls and nobody hears it, did it make a sound? If you play basketball at UNLV as a student athlete and you earn a degree, did you really earn a degree? Probably not. <laughs> if it's Shakir Justin, he's starting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and all he's got to be a grad transfer, right? Because he played two years at Hutch. I have no idea. And then he went to UNLV. You want to know what's really funny? And then he was there this year. Of all year. those guys from that crazy-ass summer, Darius McNeil, Shakir Justin, and Daryl Edwards are all free agents now. Yeah. They're all transferring. Darius McNeil, time to bring him home. I don't think that was going to happen, probably. I feel like he burned some bridges. I was going to say, I think that there were some bridges burned on that one. That that whole deal got pretty nasty. That was weird, dude. That How fast that all came up. Remember I wrote that story about him? I do. And then... I remember sitting at Prairie Meadows. I had a radio remote that day. And then two days later, I got a tip that he wanted out of his letter, and I called you, or I think I texted you, and I was like, yo, yeah, Darius McNeil wants out of his letter. And it was like, I think I got it. I think he texted me and confirmed it, and I was like, oh, yeah. It was on. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad deal. That was a real bad deal. Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen. There's going to be so many names that come out over the next couple weeks, though. As more and more teams keep losing the tournament. I guess it's good for traffic. Yeah. There's some dominoes that need there, to fall. There is part of me, like the old curmudgeon that just misses the old days where you just, like, you had your guys and you knew you'd get to watch them for four years. When I, has that ever been a thing? Man, back in, like, the 90s, like – that that like that is how it was. It I, and I understand it's different now. And there's player movement and player free. I respect all that. I re- these coaches are moving. Like I mean, it sucked for Iowa State's guys today. I'm sure to be getting on Twitter and they see all this stuff about Prom being a Prom didn't have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. That's just these national guys and they're con- they knew that he's an alma mater from there. Like that's it. Like there's nothing more to it. I swear. I know. Yeah. But like. It sucks for the player, though. I mean, what if you're Marielle Shayok and you get on Twitter today and you see Jeff Goodman and Matt Norlander tweeting about your coach moving on? Like, So the transfer things, to bring it all full circle, you know who we have to blame, who created this entire silly season. Ed O'Bannon. Ed o- what? No. He's always to blame for everything. Fred Hoiberg who's now created the silly season. Fred Hoiberg built the silly season. Don't you like how I just throw Ed O'Bannon in though? Fred Hoiberg. I wish we could throw a fire up the old PS2 and play a little NCAA March Madness with a Mecca Okafor on the cover right now. (laughs) NCAA March Madness 2005. Hoiberg not only has destroyed the offseason for guys like you and me, but now he's going to be at Nebraska. Which makes me want to go vomit up that fantastic JC's pizza that we just had here in Tulsa. What do we do now? We need to wrap this thing up. No, I just mean like this is like the worst part of the the year. Well, Every year for guys I'm, like us, I'm locked. It's the worst, but it's also the the best. I'm locked in on women's basketball right now. I know, but like for me, it's the worst, but the best because it's like this gets over, and you're just like, now what the hell do I do? cover recruiting yeah 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 i know spring football starts on tuesday you got to get to go to pro day we got that we got the nfl draft 
to go watch Mike Warren work out at Pro Day. I don't think we've got any realignment this year. That sucks. I love realignment. See, that's um, what I'm saying, though. There's way more, like, you got to well, do way more work to get I have the stories. A prediction. I think Prohm's going to get an extension. I think that Dresser and Fennelly are each going to get extensions. That'll be stories. Um, Campbell, Campbell's always good for a good story. You do realize that the upcoming Iowa State football, I mean, they're going to be like picked top three or four in the Big 12. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. You know what I'm going to be doing yeah, is. Yeah, I can't wait five months for that to kick off. I'm going to be getting that Cyclone Fanatic app launched. Did some work on that today. What else we got going on? We're, we're working on this, getting the Cyclone Fanatic, um, the Super Fanatic Premium completely like up and running. It's not yet. What uh, What's in store for CF Chronicle this summer? God. Well, I got to finish Transfer You, <laughs> which I can do now because I wanted Shayok and Jacobson to have their chapter. Yeah. And Bab, you know, because he was a transfer. Yeah. So I can do that here. Zoran Talley. In the next couple of weeks, I can, I can get that done. Dude, Zoran Talley would actually be good because it'd be the one where it's like, the on the court stuff maybe didn't make as big a difference, but the off the court yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought about McCarney. Like it's simply called McCarney. That or the story I've always wanted to tell. And I've just never known the best way to do it is all the guys who have died who play for Dan McCarney. It is a crazy list. Mm-hmm. There are so many guys who have died from Chris Love with cancer to, you know, guys being murdered to Hiawatha drowned, like Stevie Hicks committed suicide. Like there's all kinds of stuff. But I just, you want to make sure if you're going to do something like that, you got to do it right, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a deep subject matter too. Well, I've. I wanted to write like a really long piece on that, but it it's just, you know, I've talked to Mac about it and that's a story I want to tell. I've got one that I want to tell. What's that? That if, that then I could, maybe I could do the writing for it and stuff. Which one? Larry. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, that'd be a good one. Because it's like, what, 15 years now since yeah. he, he got fired. He's still a hot topic around Ames, too. And that's what I'm saying. And there's – man, it'd be, I think it would be cool to just – last days of Larry. That would be the name of it. Yeah, yeah. And you talk to everybody about what that – like the how, – how frantic it was. Yeah. Yeah. Get Wayne Morgan on the record. Hey, I love Wayne Morgan. People think that we crap on him. I just don't think he was a very good coach. I loved Wayne. Where's Wayne at nowadays? Um, he was at Hofstra for a while. He's still coaching? No, not anymore. Uh-uh. But he, he was an assistant there for... Yeah. When he got fired, he stayed at Ames for a long time. He was just waiting out the contract, and he was... Wasn't he like... He was selling like satellite I was going to say, I thought that he was like installing satellite. Man, I, I'll never forget one I night. thought that was a maybe a Brent Bloom... I went uh, to some bar... Folklore story. In like North Ames, and he was like playing the guitar. (laughs) 
Seriously. He was a guitarist. Man, just imagine in 2019. Like, Prom gets fired. I'll say, Prom gets fired and you walk into... You walk into the bar at... I don't even know any bars it was, in it North used Ames to be anymore. Called, it used to be called Brewers. It's Where's now it? the uh, Brick Street uh, or the Brick House. Brick like, City Grill. Brick City Grill. Imagine you walk into the Brick City Grill and there's Steve Prom up on stage playing his guitar. Man, he'd do a hell of a country song with that twang. Man. Uh, I love Prom. I love all the Iowa State coaches, man. They got a good thing going on. They really do. Go Cyclones today. Let's get a win. I uh, hey, to wrap this thing up because I do want to go to bed. What time is it? Two forty-five. We got a seven-hour drive tomorrow. We do. I want to give a sin- sincere shout out to my girls, the Iowa State women's basketball team. Get to the Sweet Sixteen. I love that group of young ladies, and I love I love everything about what they stand for, and I hope. I want you to get back to Chicago so you can, uh, so you can. Men- I need to exercise men- some demons. I'll say you can mend some fences with some folks that you may be upset in, maybe some local watering holes. <laughs> Real quick, let's recap Tulsa. All right, we found a, we found a spot on the first night we were here. We well, went to a couple spots on well, the first night we were here. We did, but the the one that we ended up at. Uh, Oprah's Orphus Orphus and this would be like we talk about on like my hometown bar the shittily D your hometown the, bar too the end of Claire it reminded me a lot of the end of Claire it reminded me of like a bar you'd find in Clorinda yeah. but it's in downtown Tulsa yeah and the problem is you can smoke in bars here it's insufferable like I my allergies have been acting up for three days just because I went into this Ofra's bar. I mean, it was just like, like I got more secondhand smoke in the two hours we were there than I have in the last 10 years. Promise we were there a lot longer than, or uh, I promise you we were there a lot longer than two hours. That seemed like two hours. The other great thing about that first night was, uh, I think it was called Arnie's place where we were sitting outside and you, (laughs) (laughs) you built a fire. (laughs) This is a good story. We're outside. It's, it's warmer down here, but it was still chilly that night. We only went into this bar because it had a a sign that said cold beer. Yeah. And And I was like, Hey, we got to get into there. (laughs) (laughs) And, there was a fireplace in, a, in the outdoor like patio portion and the log was just barely like still like there were still hot coals mm-hmm. and I took it upon myself to create the fire and y'all made fun of me. I mean, you did a good job. Yeah. Hell yeah, I did. It was a great fire. You were just picking up logs off the ground. We have no, we have no idea what they were really intended for. Did it warm you up? It, it was did. Was it a pretty fire? It did. And then I got you a bottle opener so you can... God bless you. Thank you. That was your Christmas present. All right. So then what was, that was night one. What do we do night two? Ghost hunting. Was that, that wasn't last night, was it? Yeah, we went ghost hunting last night. Man, it feels like we've been here a lot longer than what we really have. Well, I mean, we've literally worked like 15 hour days. True. Uh, yeah, we went ghost hunting and then we went to 
We went ghost hunting. I think we thought we found we we're pretty convinced that there's some ghosts there. Uh, this Mayo Hotel. That might be the biggest disappointment of them not winning is knowing that one we can't go back to the the Mayo. We were doing that tomorrow night. And two, we can't go to Smash Mouth. Yeah, and Smash Mouth was here tomorrow night in downtown Tulsa, and I told Jared I would take him to Smash Mouth, and that can't happen. I'm so pissed. Every time I have great plans. For another night in the NCAA tournament, the clones lose. The last time that happened was UAB, and I had a I had already booked to go on a bourbon tour. <laughs> and then you left. Yeah, and then I was just like, I just booked a flight. Yeah. I didn't want to stay. I wouldn't want to either. It's especially, just like why we don't want to stay in Tulsa. Well, especially after a Big 12 tournament title run, because you've just been gone for so long. Yeah. And I'm I'm banking on the women going to the Sweet 16, and I'm calling their games in Chicago. So, yeah. I just, okay, but we went to the Mayo, and we did some good investigating. Pretty convinced that that place is definitely haunted. It's haunted. Yeah. That that hotel is haunted. We have multiple eyewitness reports. Specific stuff. That hotel is haunted. That but guy that guy in the in here's the deal. We had a the sixteenth floor, there's a ballroom of the mayo that's haunted. And the problem is like just regular Joe Schmoes can't get into it. We know because we tried. Yeah. We tried and we couldn't. We had a verbal commitment from a source who is going to give us a key to the elevator. To get us to the 16th floor. I was going to do an EVP session tomorrow night to try and get evidence of the afterlife. And that can't happen now. Thanks, clones. That was kind of rude. Just kidding. Not trying to make him feel bad. And then we went <laughs> to a Irish place. That was really good. That was weird. One of the best meals I've had on the road ever, I think, was that Guinness, uh, Guinness pie. Really fantastic. I'm just going to guess that maybe you were a little bit no, fogged. Fantastic. By meal. that point. Fantastic meal. Whatever. Well, all right. I hope our um, I hope the podcast had plenty of substance for you guys. I think that it did. Um, we worked. 365 days out of the year covering the Cyclones for you all. It is a pleasure. We appreciate all of your um, kind words, and even if you hate us, that's fine. Um, We're just going to keep being us. Yep. I'm sad that the year has come to a close because it's been uh, – man, I, you just feel like you're at the end of a marathon. We're not, though, because the women are still going – and that'll be it because wrestling ends tomorrow. Jacqueline's done a great job. Connor will be covering the women. Man, I'm going to get home and I'm going to watch some basketball. I'm going to sit on my couch on Good Sunday. I'm going to sit on my couch and I'm going to watch some basketball. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to enjoy the fact that for two days, maybe I can just chill. Not have to worry about the Cyclones for a couple of days outside I, of the women. I'm, I'm not. I'm going home. Uh, we'll get back tomorrow. Then you got to cover a game on Wednesday. I'm going on, on Monday. S- Sunday, I'll go do media, assuming the women win tomorrow. 
I'm going to go up there and do that and get ready for DePaul, assuming that they win. And then, um, yeah, I'm locked in. I'm calling the game Monday. Bloom and I are doing it together. I'm fired up for that. A lot of DePaul mentions on Cyclone Fanatic here in the last couple of days. Why? Remember we talked about it in the car the other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought this, we still don't know how to spell yeah, we don't know. DePaul. All right. Thanks for listening. Iowa Clinic, Iowa Clinic Men's Center sponsoring. Uh, we'll be in that badass Carl Chevrolet truck on the way home Sunday, Saturday. Sorry, I got my days all mixed up. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it.